welcome to another Reimagining Windows show on TechNet Radio. This is our series of business value interviews for IT managers all around Windows 8. My name is Kevin Remdy. I'm a senior IT pro evangelist on the U.S. Developer and Platform Evangelism team at Microsoft, and I'm your TechNet Radio host today. Now, today's interview is part two of an eight-part series on Windows 8 tips and tricks. And we're, we're have, we have the pleasure again to, talk, to speak with Microsoft Principal Technical Account Manager Lex Thomas. Welcome back, Lex. Hey, how's it going? Oh, wait, mm -hmm. hold on. This is supposed to be a different day. Okay, there we go. Now there we go. Take the hat off. <laughs> <laughs> Looking great. Yeah, well, so, well, so for, for those of you out there that, that listen to part two, uh, we're doing all of these at the same time, but what we're doing is we're just kind of breaking them up so that it's easy for you guys to uh, digest in bite-sized chunks. That's right. That's right. The magic of recording and time shifting. Excellent. So, yeah. So, um, Let's talk a little bit more uh, and dive a little more deep into this new modern user interface in Windows 8. Um, Lex, why don't you take it from here? Sure. All right, well, uh, you guys are familiar with the start screen. We talked about it uh, in the previous episode. Uh, I'm going to show you a couple of other really cool uh, tricks. Um, let me just launch an app. I'm in the south, so it has to be... Uh, the NASCAR app. Hang on just a second. Uh, this is actually interesting. It's asking me if I want NASCAR to run in the background. So let's talk about what that is. If I say allow, what that means is that this app will continue to get live updates uh, even if it doesn't have focus. Remember that in Windows 8 uh, with the modern apps, if I switch away from a modern app, that, that modern app essentially becomes frozen. Um, it does, there are some cycles that it generates, but, but very few. Um, so if I select Allow here, this app will continue to get updates, the live tile will update, etc. even if I'm not actually in the app. So here we are. We're in the NASCAR app. Uh, one of the questions that I get all the time is, how do we close an application? Well, the easiest way to close an application is to just go up to the top of the screen, and I'm going to do this with my mouse, and we'll talk about how to do it with touch in just a second. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to right-click. Notice that the hand changes to kind of like a grabbing hand. And now if I can, uh, I don't know if you guys can see this, but all I'm doing is dragging my mouse down to the bottom of the screen. And that app actually becomes miniaturized, and then it follows my cursor down to the bottom of the screen. So if I let go of this, that app is now officially closed. It's, it's, I, I'm not multitasking with that app. I have closed that app down. So it's, it's actually shut down. Now, if I want to do the same thing with touch, all I have to do is go up to the top of the screen, and then just as long as my finger doesn't lose contact with the screen, drag all the way down to the bottom of the screen, and the same thing happens. We get the miniaturized version of the app, and then if I let it go, it just uh, it just disappears. The app's gone. It's closed. So your finger starts above the picture in the screen and then drags onto the screen. And yeah, and that's that's the thing to remember. If you notice, most Windows 8 touchscreens have a border around them, and and that's that's because we want you to come from the border onto the playing field, right? So if I want to get the Start menu up or the charms menu up, I come from the right-hand side, from the border, onto the playing field with my finger. And what's what's interesting, to, I'm sorry, to interrupt. what's interesting about that, I think, is because sometimes you're holding a tablet, and where are your thumbs? 
your thumbs are right where it makes sense as far as dragging in and out from the uh, from the edges. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I've got several tablets. I've got a Surface uh, RT that I absolutely love, and I've got a, a Samsung Series 7 tablet, one of the older Samsung tablets. It was actually a Windows 7 device, but had a multi-point touchscreen and runs Windows 8 just awesome. Love it to death. Love it to death. Very cool. So let's, let's go back into uh, IE. We talked briefly about IE. I showed you how to pin stuff to, to the start menu uh, with IE. Now I'm going to pretend like I'm lost. Oh, where's IE? I can't find it. How do I find it, Kevin? Uh, you could search. Or what else could I do? Or you could look at all apps. I could do that. Or I could just type. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oops, but you actually have to spell it correctly. <laughs> yeah, so all of those are valid options, right? I could search, I could go to all apps, or I could just type. And if I'm in the modern interface and I just type Internet Explorer, it'll bring it up right away. It'll, it'll, it'll automatically search. Uh, and that's kind of a good way to put it, right? Instead mm -hmm. of having to bring the charm menu up and hit search, by typing, we assume that you want to search. And so we'll search all apps automatically, and that that's kind of the you know that that's kind of the preferred way, at least for me to do it. Okay. So we talked about the contextual menus, right? We talked about uh, just right clicking and bringing up the menu bar, and we talked about the uh, the the websites that we have across the top, and these are just recently visited websites. If I click in the menu bar, if I just do a, a regular left click or primary click, I guess is the politically correct term, um, that'll bring up my pinned web websites and my frequent websites as well as my favorite websites. And so let's talk about the difference there for just a second. Pinned websites are websites that I have pinned to the start menu. So there's HBO to go and there's Lex Search, which I pinned as an demonstration during our last session. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So frequent uh, frequent uh, websites are just sites that I visit frequently. And you can tell that I'm either on Bing or Facebook most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then favorites are websites that I've actually added to my favorites. And you can scroll through this list as well. And what's right. interesting about that list that I, that I find anyway is that when you do have the uh, the sharing of your settings going up into the cloud and then being able to be pulled down to any device that you happen to be logged in on with your Microsoft account, your your uh, favorites are there. Yeah, absolutely, and that's one of the really cool things. Now, you know, I have multiple devices. Most people that I know today have multiple devices. Uh, you know, we have a family uh, touch screen in the kitchen that uh, everybody uses. And then everybody's got their own Surface um, that they also use. And it's really nice to just have everything sync across all of those boxes. And I also have a couple of laptops uh, and a work machine. Um, so being able to log in and have things transfer over automatically is just awesome, right? All of my settings, my start screen, my lock screen, uh, those background pictures, um, my IE preferences, you know, it's, it's all just there. Very good. So um, is there anything else in this interface we would need to look at? Uh, for example, um, I believe we can start a new tab 
uh, I can see that plus sign right at the top of the screen, top right hand. So if yep. we open up a new tab, that's how we do that. Yep. Um, what about what about in private browsing? Do we still have that? Yep, absolutely. You read my mind. If I want to create a new tab, I can click on the plus sign. If I click on these three dots, that's tools, and I can create a, an in private browsing tab. And essentially, that's a that's a browsing tab that just doesn't save any cookies, etc. So if I'm shopping for my wife's birthday, I, she won't be able to come in the browser and see what I've been looking at. Yes, that's correct. That's absolutely Excellent. correct. Also, I can close browse. I can close tabs just by just by clicking the little X on top of the on top of the tab. I don't want to close the last one. But yeah, absolutely. Now um, we have a desktop, and so um, I, I think we have an IE that runs on the desktop as well, don't we? So we, we essentially do. have. Is that considered two Internet Explorers, or is that one Internet Explorer? It 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 is a separate Internet Explorer. And let me show you. This is the desktop version of Internet Explorer, and it's laid out a little bit differently. Um, it's kind of the traditional version of IE. Okay. Um, right. We've got our menu bar at the top. We've got home. We've got favorites and we've got settings uh, or tools is the correct term uh, on the top over on the side but they're but they're essentially the same engine it's the same IE engine it's just kind of a different look and feel based on whether I go in from the desktop or whether I go in from the start menu okay thank you does that make sense that makes a lot of sense so um I understand we have in Windows 8 the ability to see apps side by side. Uh, could yeah, you show us how that's done? Absolutely. And uh, what I'm doing right now is I'm actually, uh, I've got the desktop in one pane, and then I've got IE10 in another pane. And all I, all I did was take my mouse, I went over to the upper left-hand corner, and then I selected the app that I wanted. Here, let's do music. And I just drag it kind of partially into the screen and then let it go, and it'll automatically um, separate the screen up, right? Okay, it'll so you, the screen up. So you've got one region that's small and one region that's big. Can you do it on either side? Yeah, absolutely. So I can drag this over. Let's say that I really wanted to see what was in the music side. Okay, now I'll just pick an artist. I'll pick a song, and while that song's playing, I'll swap back over, and I can run any app that I would normally run in my desktop here. Let's fire up my calendar, and there's, hey, we're recording a uh, podcast today. What do you know? Fair enough. Yeah, so that works pretty well. Um, very convenient, and you can do it with touch as well. I can swipe in from the left-hand side and then kind of only partially bring the app in and let it go, and it'll automatically partition the screen up. Hmm. And and don't forget that, that things that used to work still work. We'll use Foxit Reader. That'll work. So I can still do the traditional Windows 8 split screen stuff, right, where I just drag uh, one app over to one side and then drag another app over to the other side, and it splits those apps up. So that works as well. Okay, so the desktop really hasn't changed too much. It's it's uh, it's actually kind of like an app in a sense in in the Windows 8 world because we can now see the whole desktop or what's a represent representation of what's currently running on the desktop, even side by side with the Windows 8 app or two Windows 8 modern user interface apps side by side as well. 
Yeah, but the cool thing is, yeah, you just said it. And one of the things I want to make sure that you understand that I just did here, right, is that I split my desktop in half. I took two legacy Windows apps and, and divided my screen up in half on my desktop. And then I just went over and grabbed a uh, modern interface app here. We'll just grab weather. And I can just bring it in here and drop it. And I can even do the, uh, do the slide and, and give the uh, modern interface app uh, most of the screen real estate and slide it back. And we're back to where we were. Excellent, excellent. And so for the desktop applications, they, the only thing they know is that the screen just got a little bit smaller, but they've adjusted accordingly, as you expect. Yep, huh. absolutely. Very good. So if I hit my Windows key, I'm back in the Start menu. And, now I, noticed, uh, I noticed something about your Start screen. Um, yeah. Some of those tiles are larger than the others. Um, how is that true. determined? Well, actually, you, you can set that. So if I come up here, let's just do New York Times since it's right in front of us and it's big. And I, I just all I'm doing is secondary clicking or right clicking on the tile. Um, I can select smaller, and it'll make that a smaller tile. Here, let's do the same thing for NASCAR, smaller. Um, and I can, do, I can bring them back by doing the same thing, just right-click, and then hit larger, and it'll make those larger as well. I like things nice and neat. It doesn't look like it, you know, based on what you're seeing on the screen, because my desktop's kind of messy right now. Uh, but uh, being able to make certain apps larger and certain apps smaller or certain icons larger and certain icons smaller, just mm -hmm. allows allows you to make things nice and neat and uniform. Um, it has no effect on whether auto-update works. I've got some some apps that are using the small icons, and, and they still auto-update. In fact, this one's auto-updating. Let me uh, just make it smaller. So they might, uh, they might modify a little bit about what they're able to display in the area that they have, but the application still have the ability to uh, to have that live tile experience. Yeah, absolutely. And so, okay. so, so these guys will start auto-updating auto on their own here in just a second. In fact, there's NASCAR. It's just auto-updated. All right. Huh. Let's make him smaller. And uh, there we go. Let's make this all nice and neat. <laughs> and uh, I'll just make – I'll pull him here and pull him here. And there we go. Lovely. Now it's all uniform. All is right with the world, except for these guys. Got to move these guys. <laughs> well, we can take that. Care you can take care of that on your own time later. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we talked about and we touched on search in part one of our of this eight part series, um, but we want I want to kind of touch briefly on something that you've called contextual search. What do we mean by contextual search in Windows eight? Well, so if I go to search, right, just going to the charms menu and selecting search. It'll bring me up to the apps menu, and I can type anything I want in here. Let's do Netflix again. Uh, there we go. Oh. <laughs> actually, spell it right. <laughs> yeah, you actually have to spell it right. That's how you guys know it's live. We do that every once in a while on purpose, so you know it's live. Um, so by default, we're, we're going to search whatever the app is that you're in, right? We were in the modern interface, so that app is apps. And so that's that's what we're searching, right? Let's just type in uh, L-E-X-T, 
and notice that we have no apps, no settings, but we have 11,586 files that have the word LexT in them. Oh, okay. See that? These are, these are files, but these also look like there might be some emails and photos and a whole bunch yeah, of stuff here. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So documents, pictures, music. Oh, you have videos. the categories up at the top there, too. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. So let's go to search again, and I can search the store for LexT. I don't oh. think there's going to be anything there. Your app hasn't been published yet, huh? Nope. Yeah. So, so by contextual, we're talking about the uh, the different applications. Well, first of all, at the top of the the list there, the functionality within Windows itself, and then the applications uh, having their own context. That's correct. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so I can search within any app. I can search the entire computer. I can I can look for specific settings. Um, actually, very cool. It's something that, you know, when you see it for the first time, you kind of think it's a little bit weird. But then after using it for 10 minutes, you're like, how did I ever get along without this? So if you're in the Cocktail Flow app and you need to find the recipe for the best martini, you just start typing martini in the Cocktail Flow search, and you'll, you're in there contextually by default because the applications also tie into this interface. Absolutely. So speaking of Cocktail Flow, let's go into Cocktail Flow. And I love Cocktail Flow, not because I love making the drinks, but because it's, it's just beautiful. a gorgeous app. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, so now if I go to search, it's going to search inside this app by default because this is the app that I'm in. Right, so let's just type uh, rum. Right? And it'll show me that there are two drinks with rum in the title. There's pink rum, and it'll take me there. Mm -hmm. Rum again. And there's the rum fizz. Now, if you, just, were to, if you were to select the rum fizz, um, can, I, can you share that recipe with someone? Yeah, so you just, you just <laughs> read my that. mind. <laughs> you read my mind. I was just going to say, if I click on Rum Fizz, and this is why I like the app. Notice how those little ingredients kind of popped up at different rates. Huh. Um, we've got ingredients here. We've got a picture. We've got preparation. We've got similar cocktails. Let's go to share, and uh, I'll just oh, share. Oh, there again. You've got, you've got a whole list of applications that can share. Yep. Or that know something about sharing with or taking from another app and sharing in the context of their application. Yeah, and this is what I love. Okay, so this is one of those little things that we didn't really have to do, but because we did it, it's like, wow, that's awesome. Look, it puts a little picture huh. in, the, uh, in the email along with the link. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that cool? That's very cool. And as the application is then providing that to the email app, it says, here's the information I have. You can share it. Here's what I want you to share. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, interesting. That's great. All right. Well, once again, Lex, that was uh, really great information. Appreciate that demonstration. And uh, uh, really looking forward to having you back next time. <laughs> yeah, me too. I can't wait. All right. And we'll see you all next time on TechNet Radio, Reimagining Windows.